things fall apart. They crumble and they slip away. They change and they end. For instance, last week I got a a flat tire on my car. (laughs) The guy from AAA thinks that I ran over a nail or, or something sharp. So I'm, I'm here today, having driven here on my spare tire, until when I get one of those, uh, the tire either repaired or replaced. So on, on web, one level, of course, it's just one of those petty inconveniences that life deals to us all the time. But if I, if I want to catastrophize it a wee bit, and clearly I do because I'm talking about it in my sermon, <laughs> if I want to catastrophize it a wee bit, it's also a reminder that all things are fleeting. Even those things that are seemingly the most stable end. Mountains get worn down by wind and rain. Continents move and are reshaped. Even the sun in the sky, that, that symbol of complete stability, even it will come to an end. Our best science tells us that at some point, the sun will begin to consume all of the hydrogen it uses to burn as fuel. And as its fuel supply begins to run out, The sun will become a a red giant-type star, and it will expand, and it will engulf Mercury and Venus, and it will probably even engulf the Earth. Its size will, will cause it to become unstable, and it will have phases where it will eject large amounts of plasma and gas, which will cause a bright nebula to form. And all of the galaxy will look at it, and they will be amazed at its beauty. The sun itself will be, have been reduced to a, a small and relatively cold white dwarf star after that, destined to eventually burn out. Now, you might be relieved to know that you've got some time before you get your house in order around this. You've got about five billion years, so, you know, plot it out, um, you know, build that chart. But all things, all things come to an end. All things pass. Jesus tells his disciples this morning, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in heaven will be shaken. And then he says, heaven and earth will pass away. All things end. All things change. Now, of course, this isn't always bad, is it? There are times where we desperately long for change. We long for one phase to end and for another to begin. Perhaps because I have teenagers, this is on my mind, but... (laughs) 
But when we are young, right, we long to move to the next grade or we long to grow up. And maybe as a parent, sometimes we long for them to spread their wings and fly. We can hardly wait until we are old enough to drive or we are old enough to move away from our parents or we are able to do what we want when we want, right? And we all desire, no matter what our age, sometimes for certain changes to take place. We want to move or we want to get to that new job. Maybe we want a child to be born or we want to get a new house. Perhaps we want a new government or, or a new administration. I don't know if anyone's feeling that way. But perhaps we want that too. We want change sometimes. The fact that all things must pass is not always a bad thing. It just is, though, that all things must pass. And even when we long for change, we sometimes fear what will come along with it. Even when we are getting our heart's desire, we might fear the unintended consequences. Even with the best changes, a a sense of anxiety can be a part of the picture. Questions of what if or what about inevitably come along with change. There is always a, a certain amount of unknown and uncertainty. We will not know exactly what will happen. We will not be in complete control despite our best planning. And indeed, change reminds us that we are not in control. This morning's gospel lesson is all about change and the hope and the anxiety that comes when the end of things loom. Now, before this this section that we've just heard this morning, Jesus has been describing the destruction of the temple and of Jerusalem. He's spoken to the disciples about what it will look like to be faithful in response to the destruction. He's tried to give them courage and faith and hope to face the uncertain and cataclysmic times. The destruction of Jerusalem is the suffering that he refers to at the beginning of the lesson from this morning that we've just heard. It is after that suffering that the sun and the moon will be darkened. Now, to Jesus' first listeners, it felt like the change they were facing meant the end of the world. And indeed, in some ways, it was, or it was at least the end of a world, an end of their world. The temple for those first disciples sat at at the center of their worldview. Its destruction was the end of a world of meaning and purpose and a sense of stability. It was not just a building. It was never just a building. It was always a a central symbol. But in telling his disciples about the destruction of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple, Jesus is inviting them to step out beyond that symbol and to embrace a deeper truth, a deeper reality. 
He uses the, the prophets of old to do it. He invokes Isaiah and Ezekiel, Joel and Daniel, though we might not have ears to hear it. He is invoking the prophets when he talks about the sun and the moon and the stars. He's talking about Daniel when he presents this image of the Son of Man descending in the clouds. And by pointing to the prophets, Jesus points to God. Jesus points to the, to the judgment of God and the faithfulness of God. By pointing to the prophets of old, Jesus is reminding those first disciples and us about how God has kept God's promises. Jesus is reminding them that God is the potter and that we are the clay and the work of God's hands. Jesus is reminding them that God is faithful. All of this this clay and all of the work of God's hands will pass, he tells them. Indeed, heaven and earth will pass away, but, and this is a pretty big but, but, Jesus says, my words will not pass. Which is to say, Jesus' words about God's justice will not pass. Jesus' word about God's peace will not pass. Jesus' words about God's forgiveness will not pass. Jesus' word about God's love will not pass away. God is faithful. Today we begin the season of Advent. It is a season of longing. It is a season of waiting. It is a season of change. Now, of course, in Advent we look back to the coming of Christ. We look look back to see how God fulfills God's promises in 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 a most peculiar way in the person and work of Jesus the Christ. But we begin the season not by looking back, but by looking forward to the end, to the culmination that is to come. We look back in order to look forward to the second coming of Christ, when perfect justice and perfect peace will reign. But this looking forward to a coming end is not so much about the future as much as it is about orienting our lives now. That end is to give us direction now. Amidst the changes and chances of this life, we are given a a poetic and metaphorical picture of where we are going. It is through this orientation that we can put all of the change that we experience into content, into context. Because we know that the Son of Man is coming in the clouds and God's love for creation will be perfected. 
We begin this season of waiting by reminding ourselves of, of change, of the dread of change and the hope of change. Yet in the, the midst of change, there is God. And indeed, God is faithful. In the midst of things passing away, there is the God who creates all things and holds all things and loves all things. And God is faithful. Come what may, whether things change for the better or for the worse, God is holding it all. And God's promise to us and indeed to the whole of creation is that God will not let go. For God is faithful. Our lives are deeply precious to God and God's promise to us is that nothing can separate us from the love of God. No matter what changes, God's love for us does not change because God is faithful. Indeed, that is God's word to us, that God's love does not change. And it is this word of love that will not pass. And so our task is to awake to this reality of God's faithfulness every day and every moment to live our lives from the space of this awareness of God's love for us and for our neighbor and for the whole of creation, to awake to this, this love. All of us, all of creation is fleeting and passing. And yet, beautiful and precious and most of all, beloved by God. And so, yes, keep awake. Keep awake to the the fleeting beauty of this life. Keep awake to to the change for good or ill, knowing how sacred each moment is and all of its fragility. Keep awake and know that God's word of love to you will never, ever pass away. For indeed, God is faithful. Amen.